just 21 year old me would be like, what the hell? How did you turn this around? We are on a different path. I'm Susanna. And I'm Audrey. And this is Everything is Copy. A podcast for dreamers and go-getters. Who also like to have a glass of wine and watch trashy reality TV from time to time. We're two copywriters who said peace out to our previous careers and publishing and teaching to do what we want for a living instead. And this is where we talk about, well, everything. Well, hello. Today on the podcast, we're welcoming, well, uh, duh, our gal Audrey Skelton as the guest of honor. Audrey is the founder of her own copywriting agency, The Best Mama, and soon to be Mom Times Two to Wally, and half of Susanna's favorite ever married couple, We Stand John. <laughs> Audrey manages to be one of those people that you could tell everything to and want to, and is the most put together, down to earth, hilarious person around. She currently lives in Sonoma County amidst the vineyards and spends <laughs> her days doing everything from hiking and wrangling her toddler to influencing Susanna into way more purchases than she realizes, tasting wine with the best of them when she's not pregnant, and cooking <laughs> the yummiest meals, which are, as usual, essentially sponsored by Alex of The Defined Dish. True. I I can't wait to talk to Audrey about all the things on today's episode, which are all a surprise to her, and also can't wait for y'all to get to know her even better. She's the best human, and I'm so glad that we met each other at D Magazine all those years ago. Welcome to your own show, Audrey. Oh, we're just going to call out D Magazine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we are. We said it. Yeah, but we That is it. where we met, and also I just blacked out. That was the nicest intro ever. Oh like, God. I can't even receive it. <laughs> that's, blacked out. That's a me problem. <laughs> blacked out. But blacked out. That's fine. Yeah. Well, let's you. kick off. What like what are you loving this week, Audrey? Okay, we yeah. get into your interview because we are. I don't think I said this. Well, I did. We're interviewing Audrey today. <laughs> I think that's clear. <laughs> I think it was like um in inferred. Yes. Um. Okay. So my loving this week is my new service that I'm offering through my copywriting business, which I haven't really like switched up my service offers in a long, (laughs) like a very long time. But, um, just with the end of the year coming up and my maternity leave coming up, I had some extra space and I was like, I can like create something that like serves a need. And so I started, like, I was inspired by my photography friends. That's I guess where it began because I had a mini session with a photographer here, um, in our town and it was like the best experience. It didn't feel like a rushed mini session. It felt like we totally got the value for like the amount we paid. She sent us like 70 photos. Usually many sessions are like, I think like 15 to 30 photos. She sent us so many and she just was so like the value delivered was so amazing. And I was like, how can I do that? with like a copywriting session. So I started like, I came up with this idea for these quickie copy sessions. I'm calling them. It's like three and a half hours. I meet with someone and we take 20 minutes to go over like the project, the deliverables. And we kind of talk about that a little bit beforehand too, but we go over like the meat of the details in our 20 minute, like kickoff call at the beginning of the session. And then I just like write for basically three of those hours. And then I had my first one this week. That's why I'm like high on it. It was so (laughs) amazing. Like I absolutely loved it. I've never done anything so like focused and concentrated in in a 
period of time like that, but it, it was I, I just loved it. Like it, I felt like I delivered, I mean, I ended up turning in, I think like it wasn't just captions. It was like social media content ideas for like reels and, uh-huh. and like slides with captions. Um, so like 10 social media content ideas and captions, and then two emails. And it was like, it ended up being like 12 pages in a Google doc. It was like a ton of co- content. Um, but it was, so fun to work on. It was such a different way to use my brain, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I like, I mean, I stay pretty focused and I'm pretty productive. I think you have to be if you work from home, but like you just like pick up your phone occasionally. This was like, no, like I want to get this done. I mean, I gave myself five minute breaks. I actually used the Pomodoro timer like on task, um, but give myself like some breaks, like to be realistic about it. But, um, it was just, I, I just love it. And I think this is going to be like, I'm going to tweak some things as I go, but after my maternity leave, I think this is going to become one of my main offers because she found it so helpful. And she was like, this was absolutely worth it, which was the feeling that I got from that mini session with Uh the photographer. Uh And, um, I felt like it was such a great way to just like support someone quickly. And like, also just use this different side of my brain brain. Yeah. So I'm loving. Yay. What are you loving? Okay. I have so many lovings. I had a really hard time picking. I'm in like, um, my hyperfixation era right now. So <laughs> I had multiple things to pull from, but I'm going to use one of my lovings as kind of like my learning. So my loving that I'm going to use is a show a lot of you are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, no shit. You're behind the times. But I'm obsessed with House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel. Yes. It's so good. So I don't know if y'all remember, but like probably like six months ago, I tried to rewatch Game of Thrones and I was like, uh-huh. I simply cannot do this. I simply cannot do this. So I was putting off starting House of the Dragon and I started it. I'm still not done with it. Mostly because I the episodes are really long, and I um got hyper fixated on something else that we'll we'll mention <laughs> here in a few minutes. Um, so I haven't finished it yet, but I'm on like I think I'm at halfway through the season. It is just so well done. The characters are really just like well thought out. The casting is excellent. The storyline is excellent. I'm just re- I'm really impressed with it. I didn't know if I was gonna like it, and I love it. I have not watched it. We don't have HBO, so I'm like waiting. I, I think it's all the way done. So yeah, it's done. We we're kind of waiting, and we we're like, maybe we could do like a free trial and just mm-hmm. like binge it. But I loved Game of Thrones until the last season, so yeah. I could see this being just as good. And I feel like people have like really sung its praises, but not to the extent of okay. Game of Thrones. I and think- maybe because just some people are. I don't know. Duck on Game of Thrones. Well, yeah. the thing is, I think what I like better about House of the Dragon is like Game of Thrones, which I also I loved Game of Thrones. It I just I don't think it's a rewatching show for me. Um, <laughs> but Game of Thrones, you have literally so many storylines to follow. Yeah. You had Daenerys' storyline. You had Jon Snow's. You had Sansa's. Arya's. Uh-huh. Literally, and that's not even half of them. You had so many storylines to follow, and and House of the Dragon, it's just one storyline I mean there's like oh, different. That's nice. there's like little mini storylines like within it of course like yeah as a narrative story but it's just 
one like main family, one main conflict, and also the actors well, are so good. A little easier to follow, maybe yeah. than Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah, it feels more fleshed out. Like it, yeah. it feels like you're not. I don't know. Like there's no plot holes or anything. So I'm super impressed. But I do think that I'm about Alex from the Divine Dish mentioned too that when she was watching it, she was like shocked in the middle that they switched the actors, kind of like in oh, the crown. So I think that I'm about to be there and I'm kind of sad because I really like I really like the actors meaning I love the girl who plays the main character. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's that's my loving this week. Okay, we will have to give it a try. Maybe. Well, I was going to say maybe that'll be a good maternity leave show, but maybe not. It requires kind of a lot of focus. I think that's also why I haven't finished it is because it's one of those things. I mean, just like with Game of Thrones, you have to like focus on it right you can't be like scrolling on your phone or like cooking a meal at the same time exactly oh well I will add it to our watch list yeah add it to your watch list and tell us tell us what you're learning this week okay (laughs) so I posted on the day that we're recording this I recently posted on Instagram stories that I can not I'm a freaking copywriter and I love English and I'm good at grammar but I do not know how to do like I don't even know what it's called. It's like plural possesses. If you're saying, so I wrote in my Instagram story, John, John and my stockings are like in root or something like that. And I was like, is that right? Can anyone like explain this to me? It's so confusing. Literally so many people responded like, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's this. And like, it was all different advice uh-huh. and everyone was like, well, I think this kind of sounds right. And I think this, like, it was just all different. And like everyone, nobody was sure, even like teacher friends and Suzanne asked one of her teacher friends and literally everyone's like, I am not positive, but I think this is it. So I looked it up and I have an answer. So if you are just not sure how to write like like name and my, or like, if you're both sharing, it's like, I can't even explain this out loud. Oh my gosh. Um, if you're sharing you're great. Like, like this, the object of the sentence, um, how to write or say that. And so I'm going to try to do this as clearly as possible. So basically you want to make both pieces of the subject possessive. So in this article I'm reading, it says, um, you want it to be like Ryan's and my anniversary. So you want Ryan's to be possessive and like wait, my but, to be possessive. Wait, but you said Ryan's and my anniversary. So is it Ryan and Ryan's and my or Ryan's and my's? My, just my. Because if you remove either part of the sentence, it still makes sense. Ryan's anniversary, my anniversary. So you don't have to be possessive. My already is a possessive. Oh, yeah. Some people people want to do like eyes, like Ryan and I's anniversary. And that is not a possessive. People who aren't into grammar are probably like, uh, snooze. But I is not a possessive. Even if you put an apostrophe S, it doesn't make sense. You would never say like eyes anniversary. Eyes anniversary is here. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and then you always put the other person first. And that, like this article says, which I remember this kind of from, English classes many years ago, but you put the other person first. It's more of like a politeness thing than like a grammar thing, but it's uh-huh. just, it usually sounds better than like my and John's stocking. John's and my stocking sounds better. Um, And then 
if you, if it's two names, now this is where it gets a little tricky. <laughs> if it's two names that share one thing, you only have to do the second one as possessive, the second name. So this example says, if they're, if these two people are on the same show, it's Tom and Jerry's show. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> no, this is just whatever this article, quickanddirtytips.com. Um, if they're on different shows, it's Tom's and Jerry's shows. So that like differentiates okay. like it's multiple shows, two separate ones. So <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful for anyone else, but I feel clarification now. For my stocking sentence, it's John's and my, my stocking are en route. Love <laughs> so it. I'm... If you followed my Instagram story saga, there you go. Um, if you're so bored out of your mind, this part's <laughs> over. Come back to us. English 101 with Audrey. <laughs> okay. What are you learning? Guys, I have a hyperfixation, a new hobby. And so I'm going to say I'm learning because I have been learning about it, but it really, I love it. And it is Formula One. Oh my gosh. I've I seen it am explain obsessed. to me the significance because I, I, I know nothing. Okay. So my friend Shelby, well, and my friend Becky, who like works in sports, have been telling me for years that I would like Formula One. Well, for those of you who don't know, my dad is a football coach, grew up trying to get me to like sports. I just <laughs> simply do not enjoy them. I simply do not give a fuck about watching people on a field run around. I tried. I just can't like it. But randomly on a whim – like two weeks ago. No, it was last week. I'm pretty sure. This has been a really quick hyperfixation for me. I started <laughs> Formula One Drive to Survive on Netflix, which is like a reality show um, about Formula One. Literally within, by the end of the first episode, I was like, well, this is going to be my personality for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, so basically it's like a sexier, richer version of NASCAR. Okay. That's exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and no one in my family was ever really like into NASCAR. My dad didn't watch that or anything like that. But it's kind I would say it's kind of similar. Like that's a good um like anchor to think about it. But think of the cars going significantly faster and they're way nicer cars. It's like Mercedes, um, Aston Martins, uh, I don't know, all that stuff. And all the men who drive these cars are the most beautiful. The most beautiful people you've ever seen. They make like salaries of 20, 40, 50 million dollars a year. Um, but there is what? just yeah, it's no, it's insane. It's like the amount of money that's in the sport is incredible. Like, because when you think about it, like they drive these millions of dollar cars around going like 220 miles an hour in a circle and they crash the cars all the time. You crash a car, it's a million dollars to fix like a wing or something. I don't know. And if you're, I'm probably, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. If any of y'all are like, I'm disinterested, but I, I can't get enough of it. I'm obsessed with it. I have decided, like, I love it. I'm almost done with the whole show in a week, which is absolutely ridiculous and like quite unlike me actually. Um, And I have like a whole list of podcasts and YouTube videos and all the stuff I want to watch. Oh my gosh. See, okay. I, if it's a reality show, I probably would like it too. It's so good. It's so good. Like it's so much better than I anticipated it being. Like I I was like, I'm probably going to watch one episode of this and it's not going to be my thing. I was instantly yeah. like, okay, I'm hooked. 
Um, oh, that would be a good postpartum show because it sounds uh, kind of light and yeah, yeah. And it's just like there's so much like cool business around it and politics around it and just like money and it's just it's fascinating to me. This is half of my new personality. I this am really into it. And now like one of my best friends, um, Becky, shout out to Becky if you're listening. Um, she has always wanted to work in Formula One and she has talked about it to us like multiple times. And I've just been like so disinterested. I'm like, cool. I love that you love your job. I don't know what you're talking about anyways. <laughs> and now that I figured this out, I'm like, wow, I'm the worst friend ever. Cause Becky, uh, worked like a ton of the Grand Prix, which are like the races this year. She was like in Brazil, Abu Dhabi, Austin, Whoa. like I know all over the place. And now I'm like, I am fascinated. So now I'm like, You're well, like, I also want to work for F1. Let's I also together. want to work here. I know I told, I told my friend Shelby, I want to manifest like writing some sort of Formula One copy in 2020. I'm sure they have copywriters. I mean, well, because there's, there's 10, contract. there's like the Formula One is what's over the 10 teams and the 10 teams are like Red Bull, Mercedes, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And they each have two drivers. So I'm like, it'd be fun. Like you could totally write copy for like a team. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm totally tracking. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I know. I know. But <laughs> trust me, guys, if you haven't watched Drive to Survive on Netflix, you should watch it. Now. I I actually, yeah, I probably will. Then I have Netflix. So it's it's easier access than hyper hyperfixation like it is my hyperfixation at the moment <laughs> I will have to check it out although F1 like kind of it didn't ruin I was gonna say it ruined my wedding weekend but the F1 oh yeah was the Grand Prix in was Austin. in Austin the weekend I got married and so like hotels were so insane it's crazy uh-huh. like they can jack up the prices like seven times the amount that they normally are. So my like family members, all of my family basically came from out of town. They're like, um, help. Where should we stay? I'm like, try Airbnb. I am so sorry. I did not know this was even a sport until I and started. It, that's the school. only race that's in the United States. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I think people traveled from far and wide to yeah. do it. But there we go. That's what I'm learning and kind of like loving at the moment. But what what are what's a fat no from you this week? Okay, this is probably an unpopular opinion. No, but my mom has the Dyson Airwrap, which if you don't know, it's a six hundred dollar mm-hmm. <laughs> like hair dryer that like smooths your hair and curls it, and it uses like it's it's Dyson technology, so like the same as the vacuum. It's like really nice. I've wanted one for a while and I just like could not justify the price. Yeah. So I was like so glad that she had one and I tried it. I've tried it before too, but my, um, my sister like did it. So I wasn't even like the one doing it. So I'm on my using it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I used it this week when we were home for Thanksgiving and I just was like, okay, this, it did make my hair look nice. I have very thick hair and very like crinkly waves like and it gets worse when I'm pregnant like the hormones like (laughs) it does something to my hair anyways it's very hard to tame so it's just I did it I used it and I was like this took me twice as long than just Uh round brush blowing out my hair and like getting it almost as smooth maybe not as like nice looking in the end but it 
just took forever. And I like, it thought this was like going to be a $600, like quick fix to doing my hair. No, and no, I've it heard, takes, yeah, I've it heard takes that. long. Oh, you have, I feel like I've only yeah. heard people like obsessed with it. And I think if you have like different texture hair or maybe just like not even thinner, I just have like a, I just have a lot of hair. So like, and you have to use tiny, tiny pieces of hair to like be sucked up in the <laughs> wrappy thing. Uh-huh. And Oh, I just was like standing there for so it took me yeah. over an hour to do it. I was like, and I, I would rather. I heard it rash. falls out. I heard it like it doesn't stay. Yeah, you that, unless you yeah you have to use like tiny pieces, tiny chunks of hair, and so to do your whole head, like it just it took forever. I was like, I don't have time for this. This is not yeah. worth it, in my opinion. So that yeah, that is my no. I she was gonna my mom was gonna give it to me, but she's like, just try it because she just her hair is really short so it doesn't really work great on hers either and hers is really thick um so if anyone she maybe she'll sell it if anyone's in the market for one I do think it works great for some people like I don't like to blow dry my hair and I don't blow dry my hair so that's why like a year ago I like wanted it just because it was like all over the internet and I I was like why I was like I fully know myself I don't blow dry my hair like very rarely I'm not gonna use it I like when I do blow dry my hair or curl it because I just, I like wash my hair once a week and then it's done for many days. Mm-hmm. But even like I can, I can get it done quicker. It's more effort to do like a, a round brush. Like it's really like an arm workout, but I would rather do that. So yeah. Well, now we know. Now we know. Yeah. yeah. Now we know. Um, What's well, your no? My no, it's kind of like a vibe killer. So I'm going to keep it pretty short. Um, <laughs> my no. <laughs> Like way to just like make things serious. Audrey's like Dyson Airwrap. I'm, I'm like, like my no, <laughs> my no is the rise of anti-Semitism in the United States Ugh. and yeah. Kanye West and yeah. the whole situation. And we don't have to get into it. All of you can go read the news yourself. But I just, I wow. find it, <laughs> I find it alarming. Um, And it's just, ugh. maybe it's because I work two days a week at a Jewish school that it like seems more prominent to me than it used to. But mm. I literally, I just find, and I, I identify as a Christian. I, both of us do. I think Christians in general t- tend to think that um their religion is the only one that exists yeah. in the world, especially when you live in states like Texas or like states without a big Jewish population. And it's yeah. really easy to think that like things like this, anti-semitic comments and things like this don't matter they're not a big deal but like it is a big deal and it's alarming and if you have ever thought something like that you're incorrect and you shouldn't listen to this podcast xoxo (laughs) yeah no any kind of marginalizing of yeah it's it's groups is not welcome here or anywhere it shouldn't be welcome anywhere and it's ridiculous I can't even believe that this is like it does seem like it's been on the rise I think because Kanye West has made it like okay to the groups who think that way they're like there's this huge star who's making it okay and it's not and what's like interesting to me is that I learned like from people who work at the school and other I like I know like quite a few Jewish people anyways. I don't, I don't know. a. T- I didn't know a ton before like two years ago. I don't think there were any Jewish people that I went to high school with just from like where I lived. 
but I know a lot more. I mean, at this point in my life, now that I've like expanded my worldview and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't new. Like this yeah. isn't new. This isn't a new thing. This has always been a problem. It's just now more people are aware of it because, you know, Kanye West dumbass on the internet. And so, yeah, just that's my note this week. I was like, wow, this is so alarming. And then every time you get on the news, there's like more of it. So, yeah, I hate but, it. Oh, you know, back to happier, happier things. Um, <laughs> we're interviewing Audrey today and I'm very excited about this. <laughs> I'm so. very Mm, I'm nervous. (laughs) Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Well, I, the first question I want to ask you is a little more business related and it is, and and these aren't all business questions, but the first two are. So, um, you started out in the corporate world, but it was not the vibe for you. So tell us, tell everyone about your corporate experience slash experiences (laughs) like how and why you decided that you wanted nothing to do with it. You wanted to work for yourself instead. Okay. Wow. Wow. This could be a whole (laughs) episode in itself. I'll try to keep it loaded question. (laughs) Um, so when I graduated from college in 2014, I like felt like it was at the time when millennials were getting so much shit Uh for being flaky and like not being able to stick with a job. So I like just knew, I knew myself, I had always said, I never want to sit at a desk from nine to five. Like that was just my personality. I never wanted to do that. But of course, graduating with a journalism degree and having a struggle experience like it, but it didn't, if you don't have like experience outside of internships, getting into like actual journalism is so, so challenging to do. You just need like connections on connections. So I took a job. I took the first job I got offered, which was at this PR company. Um, but they did PR for like big corporate clients, like in oil and gas. And can you remember the other clients? Oil and gas was like the main ones that I worked on for the three months that I was Exciting. at that <laughs> Yeah. And it was really like, it made me feel really actually kind of yucky because the whole PR aspect of it was like, trying to make like oil fracking seem less detrimental to these small Texas communities that were like saying like, we're getting sick because our water's dirty. Anyways, it was just so depressing. And, and our job was to say like, oh, well, this company, this oil company is doing all this community outreach and like helping with, um, like, like community fire stations and bringing them meals. Anyways, it was just, it felt so icky to me. And I was like, And the company itself was very interesting. So (laughs) basically my first week I was like, I hate it here and I want to leave, but I (laughs) I got this job. (laughs) I like just had this gut instinct, like this is not going to get better, but I was like, maybe I'm just that wussy. I've talked about this on other podcasts too, but I just felt like, oh, I'm just that millennial that everyone talks about. I can't stick with it. So like, maybe I should just try like two years. And then after like the first week, I was like, maybe just one year. And then after the second week, I was like, maybe one week, maybe just six months. And then by the time, like a month went by, I was like, I'm depressed and must leave. So I moved on to, it was like an apartment locating company, but like really young people 
which basically apartment locating is not in every state. If you've never heard of it, it's like, it's like realtors who help people find apartments rather than buying homes. Mm-hmm. And I did like the marketing and, um, just like social media content and that kind of stuff. And it was such a startup vibe. It was like in this cute little house and like all the realtors would come in and have like all this like drama. It was actually so fun, but I was paid like a very low hourly rate. It was very much a startup position where you do a lot of different things. I like would have to clean the bathroom and like clean out the fridge and stuff and um, on top of my other responsibilities. So I enjoyed that, but I knew that I couldn't really like stay there for a long time and grow much more than where I was at. So uh-huh. I was cons- like kind of constantly looking for other opportunities at the same time as I was there. And then D magazine <laughs> reached out to me um, because I had interned there previously in college and I loved my internship there. I loved it. It was like the best in- internship. It was with the, yeah, um, it was so fun. It was with the, um, weddings and like D weddings and D home. They have like a offshoot brand of like smaller magazines for like weddings and home design stuff, which was so cool. Um, so they reached out though for just like the regular D magazine and they needed a research editor, which I was like, oh my gosh, it's an editorial position. Like I, Dream. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to love this. I did have like very clear memories of the research editor who worked there at the time when I was interning, looking absolutely miserable (laughs) and she like worked with all the interns to help with like she did like a ton of database fact checking that's all I remembered and I was like she just seems like she's not very happy (laughs) so (laughs) I just completely ignored that red flag and took the job as you do yes and so that was I was at the startup um for like six months and then I went to D and very quickly once again realized that job was not for me. Um, but because it was my third job in less than a year out of college, I was like, I, I have to stay, have to stay. Yeah. Like I just need to figure this out. So I stayed for about a year and a half. And honestly, like, I do think it was good in the long run, but I just, so much of like the company culture, which I'm sure people can relate to this. It was very political, I tried to, they, they said they were open to like moving up or moving into different positions. And I was trying to do like, kind of like not even moving up. Like it was like parallel moves to just positions with more. uh, And wait, let me ask you a question. So you did like a couple things where you kind of like would write articles for like online and stuff. Did they like pay you for that? No, that was part of my salary, which was that's so that's (laughs) so insane because context she didn't she didn't write articles as part of being no no research editor was purely um research purely research purely putting together these lists like that a lot of local magazines do to make money called like best doctors best lawyers um and so like doing the surveys for those and then putting together like the list of winners and fact checking all of their information, making sure and then making and sure like they're did you know, training. I don't know that I ever told you this when you left D and I was done interning. Um, one some of my first freelance jobs where they ended up just handing over all that stuff to freelancers. So there were like three of us that did it. 
And they didn't hire another research editor because it was the worst job ever. (laughs) I don't think so. Because I remember, I think they paid like a dollar per name that you had to fact check. And it was horrific. And I did it for like two years um, just because I was, you know, in college. Wow, secrets exposed. No, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah. So fun fact. But it makes sense. And that's honestly, I think the reason why, I mean, I don't want to say like for me, like woe is me, but I think that's a big reason why I couldn't even make like parallel moves within the company because my job was so such a hard sell and hard to fill because it made no money. I told my mom how much I made. She's like, you're living below the poverty line. Just FYI. I was like, cool, cool. cool." You were like, yeah, mom, I know. Anyways. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, it was just, it was just terrible. I felt really trapped. And at the time I had been dating my now husband since basically since like my first job out of college, we started dating, like when I worked at that PR company and he started talking about wanting to go to grad school. And so I was like, let's look at Nashville. (laughs) Let's, I like included myself. Let's look there. And I had interned in Nashville and I absolutely loved it. And I was like, he is like born and raised in Texas, but I honestly think he would love Nashville. So we went on a trip and he like applied to Vanderbilt and he ended up getting in. And I was like, and like it, obviously there were more conversations. I didn't just like, well, maybe I just did insert myself a little bit. That is sort of my personality, but um, we moved to Nashville and that was like my turning point. Also, when I was working at D I had started like, I guess a lifestyle blog and I just like, it wasn't like a fashion blog freckles and figs yeah no longer a thing um but it was like that was my little saving grace like I had I had started therapy because I truly was like I I truly was in like a depression I was not doing well because I was so unhappy at that job and I felt so trapped so like my therapist was like just you need to do something that is just for you so I started this blog and it was just like my fun creative outlet on the side and that's where I like kind of reignited my love for writing. And like you mentioned, Suze, like I could write a little bit at that job. Like if I pitched ideas or sometimes they would come to me with an idea, but it was like on top of my other workload and no extra pay. So I, it was really few and far between. So this was just my way of having that creative outlet. Um, but when we moved to Nashville, I tried to get a job at the magazine there thinking like I had at least a year and a half experience at, you know, Dallas's magazine. I did end up getting a freelance copy editing position with um, Nashville Lifestyles magazine, which was like kind of the kickoff of my freelance career, I would say. Um, I'm like 10 minutes into this story and I was saying I'm going to try to keep oh, this brief. Go. You're fine. <laughs> Um, but so I started freelancing with them and I, I didn't get it. It's just a much smaller market. And at that point I had had full-time jobs that none of them were like super great. So, and I didn't, I wasn't able to get a full-time job anywhere. So I took the copy editing freelance position that paid actually like pretty decently well. And I became a nanny for this amazing family that I am still like, I just adore them so much. And I would literally like spend my days with this. He was, when I started with him, he was six months old, but I was with them for two years. Um, We'd like go to the park, go to the library. I was getting outside and like not sitting at a desk from nine to five every day. This is what I love. Yeah. And they paid better than the magazine too, which was just like the cherry on top, the magazine that D magazine that I had worked at full time before. 
but I was like working less hours. I'd go home and do like my copy editing. And then like, I started having some friends who worked in marketing come to me, like, would you be available to help with like some blog posts or some like just little writing projects here and there? And I was like, absolutely. That's cool. I had no idea what to charge. I yeah. I took whatever they would pay me. It was probably like $30 a blog post or something, <laughs> but I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm getting to write, I'm getting to be outside and do my own thing. And like, hang out with this kid who's like, I just loved him. And he was, their whole family was so great and just like took me in. Um, John was in school and his schedule was kind of like all over the place too. But we, um, we just kind of had like this different lifestyle. And I, I did feel like a little bit of like shame about it at first. Cause I was like, I have this journalism degree and I'm doing journalism things, but my main source of income is being a nanny. And that's not really what I expected but I was so much happier doing that. So that was kind of the kickoff of like my freelancing side of things. After John graduated from his degree, or his program there, we moved to Austin because he got a job there. And it was kind of like a pivotal moment for me um, in deciding whether I wanted to get another nanny job or go full-time into freelance writing. And I chose to go full-time into freelance writing and, and look and look where you are now. And here I am. It was a very slow kickoff though. I will say that yeah. like my transition from part-time freelance to full-time, it took, took probably six months. I was also planning our wedding at the time, but it took probably six months to a year to feel steady, secure. Like I actually had clients who wouldn't leave. Like it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. trusted me. I trusted them. And it was, it was a slow growth type of thing, but, um, I am so glad that I did it and here we are. Here we <laughs> are. Well, and how has it, how has like freelancing owning your own business changed for you? Like, especially since having a baby, but even just in oh. the last couple of years. Oh, I mean, having a baby changed everything. Mm-hmm. I think just I knew I wanted to cut back on my hours. I was working full time up until I had Wally. And I knew that I, I just didn't want to work full time anymore because I want to be there for our kids when they're in these young years. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's like such a privilege to have that choice and option to do that. But I, I just, I looked at like some of my friends who had kids and they had to go back to work full time out of the house after eight weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it was. And they were just like, they didn't feel ready and they just were not happy. And I know that that's not everyone's story. Some people thrive going back to work and that's totally cool for me. I want to be able to work and I want to be able to be there for like seeing my kids when they're little, like growing up. And being a part of their lives every day as much as I can while still having like my independence. So work-wise, that meant um, I basically cut my hours in half after he was born. And I will say I waited too long to hire childcare. He was like 10 months old before we hired anyone to help with him. So I was basically just like cramming my work into his nap times, which was Highly stressful. stressful. Do not recommend to anyone who is, who owns their own business and is having a kid. I would strongly recommend just thinking about and trying to plan for some sort of childcare um, earlier than I did. But I also had like crazy trust issues. It was like middle of COVID. I was like, I don't want anyone around my baby. And that was 
again, a me problem that I had to move past. And once I did and we hired someone, it was like just such a weight off of Uh, my shoulders because I didn't have to squeeze however much work into like a 30 minute or an hour (laughs) interval when he was napping or if he took a short nap, I'd be like, ah, so, um, so yeah, I cut my hours in half. Um, I raised my rates, which I had not done in probably two years and it was well overdue. Um, I hired, I hired on a couple people, which has been tremendously helpful. Like I couldn't do half of what I do without them. Like, I think that if you are again, own your own business and you're afraid to hire, we've talked about this before, but it's the best thing you could possibly do. I honestly think like, even I could have done it like years ahead of time and like grown even more because it just, it allows so much more bandwidth and there's, there's still time spent managing their work or just whatever you pass off to them, but it allows it kind of like frees up a lot of my brain space so that I can be thinking about other things, which is so helpful. Um, but yeah, those are probably the main things is like cutting back on work, but hiring other people to support. Um, and just also, I would say I've gotten a lot stronger with my boundaries. I, you're so much better at that than me. Take less shit than I used to, or I just, it doesn't bother me the way it used to. If somebody, I don't know. Not not that I mean all my clients are amazing and like lovely. It's nothing like that. I just like don't I don't even know how to say it. Like I don't um I'm not at everyone's beck and call all the time because I can't be. Yeah. I'll do whatever I can to help in whatever way I can, but if it's like beyond what I'm able to do like physically, then I I'm not apologetic in saying no to yeah. things. So go you, Audrey. <laughs> Audrey, Audrey mompreneur. Yep. Mompreneur. Mom boss. Okay. Well, I like want to do a little pivot. I want you to tell everyone how you met John. Oh God. <laughs> it's like my favorite story. <laughs> I'm blushing. Um, okay. I met John at a bar, which <laughs> I love it. Not unusual like, for me to unusual for you. Not not unusual for you, but it was like kind of unusual for John, right? Well, yeah, he, I mean, he would go out and stuff, but he, I mean, he is just, he's kind of a quiet guy. Um, and like, definitely not one to like approach a girl. Meanwhile, <laughs> I, on the other hand, if I saw like a guy that I thought was cute, if I had had a couple drinks in my like college crazier era, I'd be like, why not? Why not just talk to him? I don't care. Um, like if nothing came of it, like whatever, like I truly had no F's to give. I was just like, that's, okay. that's my goal for 2023. <laughs> yeah. Please take that energy. Cause I certainly have, um, left that behind, uh, obviously cause I'm married. Um, but yeah, so we, I, I was actually with one of my best friends from college. We were like in her hometown of McKinney, which was like an hour and a half from where we went to school. It was Easter weekend. We were about to graduate and she had just gotten the call for, um, to get, she's a nurse. She got like a full-time job offer at this hospital that she really wanted to work at. And so it was a Friday and we went out with her mom to celebrate. It was literally like 
my friend, her mom, and me. <laughs> we went to like, if you're familiar with Texas, we went to the shops at Plano, um, which is like an outdoor, like nice mall, and they have like restaurants and bars and stuff. And John was there with like just a couple of his friends, and he didn't even live in that town either. He lived like a town over, but his friends, I think, lived closer to the shops. And so they were out there and <laughs> We literally went to Sambuca because we were with my friend's mom and that was like the, it was like the 40, like middle-aged, like pickup bar. (laughs) And she was like, she's totally married. It wasn't like she was looking for anyone, but we were like, this is a good compromise. It's a bar, but it's like an older demographic. So we can all have fun. (laughs) I I still don't know why John and his friends were there, but they were the youngest, (laughs) they were the youngest guys there. And I just like dialed in on John. I was like, he is tall and super hot. And (laughs) I must talk to him immediately. And of course, too, I, like I said earlier, like I was about to graduate with my journalism degree, zero job prospects. My friend just got this amazing offer. I was so, so happy for her, but I was like, I'm just gonna live vicariously through her. And we were celebrating, like we, no shot was turned down. Like we were pretty hammered. And (laughs) So I went up to him and he was like, he's just quiet. He was like sitting, his friends were like wackos. Like they were all over the place, but he was just kind of like sitting there having his beer. And I like went straight up to him and I was like, why are you get on his beer app? (laughs) I don't know if he had untapped by then, but he does love to check in a beer on untapped. Um, I went up to him and I asked him why he was sitting by himself. That was my like big, big line. And I don't even know what, I honestly don't remember what he said, but we hung out like all night and, you know, we danced and it was fun. (laughs) And then I, we didn't exchange numbers at the end of the night, but I was also a stalker in college. So I found him on Facebook, obviously, and added him and messaged him because (laughs) I I just had zero shame. I don't even know, like, I don't even know where that confidence came from, but but you had it good for her good for her it worked out yeah and so we like chatted a little bit and then I don't even know if you I don't know if you know this Susanna but he told me like straight up he's like I had the best time with you but I I also just started seeing this other girl (laughs) and so I I really don't like I'm not the kind of person to talk to two people at once and I really think I need to give it a fair shot did you know this I think I vaguely remember that (laughs) and I was like I was like, you are being honest with me about seeing someone else. Like, are you an angel? I literally was like, great, have fun. Like I met you once. Goodbye. And so that was that. And we did not talk for like three months. I want to say on July 4th, he texted me and he was just like, Hey, I've been thinking about you or something. (laughs) I was like, who is this? He was like, it's John. We met a few months ago at like the shops at Plano. And I was like, oh, like we chatted for a little bit. And I was like, so what happened to the other girl? <laughs> Such a savage. <laughs> and yeah, I was just like, I I mean, you're really honest last time. So now I'm curious what happened. He's like, we just had some key differences and I just knew it wouldn't work out. And like, you never really left my mind. And so I wanted to reach out and see if you'd like to go on a date. Love at first Sambuca shot. <laughs> At first grinding on the Sambuca dance floor. Um, So yeah, we went on a date and he was, I was so used to the guys. I mean, this could also be a whole other podcast episode. I had the worst, the worst taste in men of all time. Um, 
truly my college roommates could tell you. And so we went on a date and at the end of the date, he walked me to my car. He like kissed me. It was really sweet. And he asked if I wanted to do something in a few days and like suggested something. And I was like, like record scratch, like, er, like you're, you're proactively asking me on another day. Like what kind of freak are you? I was like, I was like, no guy ever does this. Usually they're like, okay, we had a date. Like, let me like try to get something out of it. Or, you know, like I just did like the worst kinds of guys. And he was like, just so thoughtful and like kind and proactive and pursued me. And every day ended that way. He's like, I was thinking about going to like a Rangers game in like a couple weeks and like wanted to see if you'd come with and like just kept having like more plans. And I was like, I honestly like would have a freak out after every date. And like my friend Alyssa, who I lived with at the time, and my sister, I would like talk to them after, like, I think we need to end things. <laughs> like, he's too nice. He's like too polite. He, and not like I was attracted. We had great chemistry. It wasn't that at all. It was just like, I was not being, I was not used to being treated that way. So, anyways, we, I love it. He kept, he kept me, kept me, I was going to say, um, roped in but that is kind of what he did and like just his like openness and thoughtfulness and kindness like it was unlike anything and he is the best now I want to cry oh no hormone emotions (laughs) (laughs) we stand John we stand John yeah and we are so like I don't want to say like we are not perfect by any means we're so different he was an engineer I'm a writer like he is just so, so logical. I'm much more on the emotional side, but we, I think that like, that's okay. And like, we've found like what works for us and we definitely have our moments, but I think every marriage does. And like, I just feel unendingly supported from him and that's all I've ever wanted. And like, honestly, didn't believe in before meeting him and oh gosh, <laughs> I get on <laughs> Audrey. he's oh. just, yeah. He's the best. One. Well, that brings me to my next question, which <laughs> is like when it comes to motherhood and marriage, you can do them both. Um, what do you like? What's the top lesson you've learned with both of them? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, where do I start in motherhood? Honestly, gosh, I like, there's so much, I there's so much. It's like, Becoming a mom has been the best thing, but also I've never learned so much in such a concentrated period of time. Um, I think just getting better at like letting go of that control. Like I was talking about, like with hiring childcare or like even letting John do stuff. Like I, I didn't want to be like the educator, but because I had all this experience babysitting and then nannying for a couple of years, like I just have been around kids so much. So I like early on, especially like I took on this role of like, do it this way. (laughs) Like you're doing it wrong. And I, I think that I am letting go of that more and more as time goes on, especially as Wally gets older. And I think it'll be easier with this next baby. Um, so yeah, I think just like control and knowing like you're really not in control, even when you think you are, you're not like, so just letting go of it a bit more is probably a good thing. Um, with marriage, I think, I think it's honestly the same, like embracing each other's differences. Like sure. Some things can annoy us about each other, but at the same time, like I don't want to be married to me. I like, that would be terrible. I want to be married (laughs) to someone with their own personality and 
interests and like, it's okay for us to have our own things and then to come together. Um, I would also say for marriage, like continuing to try to like, I mean, people say like date each other, but it, it, that's even so hard with like young kids, but just like pursuing each other, being sweet, like saying kind things. It's so much easier to just be like, did you take the trash out? Did you, did you do like this thing you said you were going to do? And rather than like, those things are important, like sharing our responsibilities and, and home life is important, but also just to say like, oh, you look so nice today. Like, or I like really like that shirt. Like those little things go so far and add up just as much as like the negative things, like, and probably are more important than like the challenging conversations. Yeah. I love that. that. (laughs) Well then for our last big question, I kind of stole this question from you and you interviewed me, but I tweaked it a little bit. So if 21 year old Audrey, so 10 years ago, (laughs) what would she say about what she saw of your life now? And then what would you tell her? 21 year old Audrey. So 21 year old Audrey was a wild child um, (laughs) who truly like I I met John when I was 22 so 21 was still my crazy college era (laughs) um I would have never believed this is my life I truly so like just to give I'm an open book but just to give some context my parents split up when I was like a preteen it was a very long very messy divorce and I just sort of lost all faith in men as one does when their parents splits up, split up in that period of time. Um, and I was just a big fat cynic about relationships for all of my adolescence, teen years. And then I chose relationships or people who really kind of like made that belief stick even deeper. So I think just learning to trust people to be more open to trust myself too. Like I, I think because of not even my parents' divorce, but just everything that goes on in your adolescence, like, and then that big shakeup happening at the same time, like my confidence was so rocked. I like had been in sports my whole life and suddenly like I had all this like emotional stress and I wasn't performing like I had been before in sports. And I felt like I just like sucked at everything. I've never been like a big school person. I had always been good at sports, but then suddenly like they, that became hard for me and like friendships in your like preteens are so hard. So I just was like, I think it took me a long time to like find confidence and really truly it was like probably like my late twenties till now that I've gained true confidence in who I am, the decisions I make and just where I'm going in life. And I feel good about it. I don't feel like I'm doing what like society tells me to do as a millennial or what my, you know, parents want me to do. Not that my mom's always been super supportive of me, but I just feel like I trust myself in a new way that 21 year old me, like I was just masking so much. I was like, I had fun, but like, I was also like, I think just drinking to like be cool and fit in and like, you know, show like a fun side that like the next day I'd just be like, I still feel empty. Like it's that kind of thing. And I, I really am like conscious about pursuing things that make me feel 
good in work, in family life, in relationships and everything. And I don't know, I never really, I never thought that way when I was 21. And I think just 21 year old me would be like, what the hell? How did you turn this around? We were on a different path, but go you. But go you. Look at you now. (laughs) And that's not to say, okay, I also want to say like, I have plenty of struggles still. I'm not, I, I always hate when people share like the amazing, perfect parts of their life. I struggle with a lot. I still have insecurities and I still have things that I like <laughs> learning hardcore every day, but, um, I just feel like more at peace with where I am at in my life overall than I ever have. So that's, that's a good feeling. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then to end the episode, we're going to do a couple of rapid fire cues and some Yay. of them, you know, already, and some of them you don't. So oh. <laughs> we're going to kick it off with, with our huge first question. What is your coffee order? Oh my gosh. We ask this all the time. And I have to say, like, I always try to do a fun, fancy coffee order at coffee shops and always hate it. So I think yeah, probably same. my favorite is like an iced Americano or an iced coffee. As long as it's not watery, you can't stand when it's watery. <laughs> And, um, a splash of half and half. That's pretty much if I make a coffee at home, that's like what I do. Um, and that's usually like the trustiest thing I can get at a coffee shop. Agreed. Okay. What's your favorite wine? Not varietal, but like actual wine. Oh, John would live for this question. He's so good at remembering wines. And I'm just like, I like the taste of this one. I don't like the taste of that one. Um, oh my gosh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Well, we love okay. We there's a winery out here called Reeve and it's super cute. Next time you come, we have to go. Okay. Um, and we are members at it for a while. And I don't even I honestly don't know which of their wines. I they have a lot of Pinot Noirs. I like any of their Pinot Noirs. Honestly, all of them are really good. All of their wines are great, but I, I would say any of their Pinot Noirs. Okay, love it. Uh, I love a Pinot Noir, as you know. Yeah. It's a new, it's a new thing for me. Okay. What is the last text you sent? I love when people ask these. Oh, I texted our nanny. She's getting rain boots for Wally right now because it's raining and I texted her what size he is. (laughs) Okay. I actually did it at the beginning of this episode and it made a little noise. So sorry if you heard that. Oh, I didn't hear it. Okay. If you could do anything for your career other than what you do now, what would it be? Oh, I, I love this question. Um, and I always think of my answer and I would be a food blogger. I oh, love it. Honestly, like it's not that far off from what I already do. And I've worked with food bloggers, but I think I love to cook and I, I tweak so many recipes anyways, that I think I could probably just make up some of my own, like, and do that at some point, but I just don't have the bandwidth right now. But I think that would just be so much fun. I know that there's more that goes into it than just recipe creation. But and like, still. Blogging, but I, yeah, I, I think that I would love that. You share like literally years ago and I can't remember what it was, but you had some food thing on freckles and figs. And I think it was like a vegetarian chili Chili. (laughs) and I made it like two or three times and it was so good. So shout out. I did. I posted some recipes on there. I think those are long gone. When I moved my website over, it like dropped so many of my old blog posts, but I did post some like random food recipes, but um, I, yeah, I think that would be super fun. Just, and I, I just love food bloggers. So 
Yeah, I do too. Same. Okay. And then who's your celebrity crush? Because I don't know the answer to this question. And I love this question. I honestly don't know either. Oh, yes, I do. Um, What is his name? Who's the guy in the office who's cute? Uh, John Krasinski. Yes, yes. That is so on brand for you. (laughs) That is so on brand. But it's not because I don't even like The Office, but But I love him. And he's so, like, in, in, like, action movies and things that he's been in, he's so, so like, sexy, hot. Oh, my God. Have you seen Benghazi? Have I seen what? Benghazi with him in it? No. Oh, my God. So he's in it. And then also Roy from The Office, like, Pam's first fiance. And they are both. Oh my God, that's that should be illegal. Boy. So attractive. Boy, this is not a hot name, but oh yeah, no. <laughs> okay, so what is your favorite thing about yourself? Mm, like personality or physical? Either. If I was like everything. You're like no, literally um, everything. I'm banging. I I appreciate my ambition. Like when I get an idea. I will just move with it. And that's sometimes not to everyone's benefit. Like, (laughs) but for the most part, it served me really well. And I have like a very clear um, knowing of what I want. Like, I'm not a slow decision maker. I can make a decision quick. I guess that's a little bit different than ambition, but they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand, I think. Yeah. As a business owner, like I, like this idea for my quickie copy sessions, like I just had the idea and I was like, yes, that is it. And I moved forward and it's going great. And, um, I'm, I'm like that in like most areas of my life. I love that. I'm, I feel like you're really good at that. Thank you. I would agree. Okay. (laughs) I think I know the answer to this question, but what's the best book you've read lately? Oh, I just shared about it. Um, Mad Honey by Jody Picoult and Jennifer Boyd, I want to say is her last name. It's co-authored by two authors, which is really cool. Um, and it's a novel that is about this teenage boy whose girlfriend dies and then he is charged with the murder. And I'm not even gonna share anything else. There is so much more that happens though, that is so eye-opening. It's a very big, like social justice book at the same time as being like a mystery. And it just opened my eyes to so many things. And I think, honestly, I think everyone should read it, even if you're not into like mysteries, it's not gory or like true crimey. It's very much like a, a makes you think book in a good way. I, it's been on my Goodreads forever. And she, read it. Honestly, it's so good. You have she to. She is so talented. And I I actually cannot. So I've read several. I've read like I, I would say probably most of her books. Um, But My Sister's Keeper. She wrote My Sister's Keeper. It, it, the book is way different from the movie. Not the same. I've, Not I haven't same. read or watched. But the somebody movie, just told me I, about that too. The movie I just don't think is that good. It's like um, easy to try it, in my opinion. The book, yeah, incredible. But my friend who told me to read that next, because I've never read Jody Picoult before this. Um, but my grandma has told me like she has so many good books too. And then my friend told me to read My Sister's Keeper, but she was like, I literally cried through the no, whole I, thing. I, I like, stopped. My, like, oh, I don't I, know if my emotions can handle that right at this juncture in my life, but yeah. I will put it on my to read list. Uh, Small great things by her. It was also really, really good. And then, oh yeah, 
um, a spark of light was really good. All like all a lot of her books are 19 minutes. Like you can't really go wrong. She's I was looking at her Goodreads. She's written like dozens yeah. of books. So I was like, I don't even know where to start now. But my sister's keeper. Like if you are listening to this and have seen the movie, just trust me. The book is li- the book is literally 50 times better than the movie. I don't even think oh. they the movie holds a candle to the book, and you yeah. will be very surprised if you read the book wow. and seen the movie. Okay. Okay. I've never, I haven't consumed either, but. Um, what's the best thing you bought since the end of no buy month? Oh my gosh. That feels like. I would have no answer since I simply have bought everything. I know. I kind of went a little crazy on black Friday, but like all things like that were kind of necessities kind of, I guess. Oh my gosh. This is so hard. I don't even know what I have like bought for my house. Nothing. I got the new Lululemon ribbed Align mm-hmm. leggings. I was and those this morning. And they well, they were on sale last week. You should have oh. got them last week. Um, but they I have not worn them yet, but they came in yesterday and they're so cute. I think that's like my recency bias though, because I just opened that package yesterday. I know <laughs> I've okay. bought like other things that are I are they love. so soft. They're so soft and they, but they seem a little bit more like snug, like hold uh-huh. in than like the regular lines. Um, so I don't know if I'll be able to wear them with my bump at this point, but, uh, in a couple months, they're going to be great. I just know it. <laughs> I'm sure I'll end up buying them. Let's be honest, but I'm on a break yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, I know. Same. It's I've really been going ham. Okay. <laughs> then last question is what are you looking the most forward to right now? Well, I wonder know. what it could be. I know. I'm like, I'm sure this is shocker. No, I am honestly like, I actually was thinking about this this morning. I have been in such an odd mind space during this pregnancy. I think partially because we had like our, this is not a rapid fire answer, but here we go. Um, we had like our pregnancy loss at the beginning of this year. And then I truly like was shocked when we got pregnant and like kept expecting something to happen and it didn't. And I'm so thankful for that. But at the same time, I've just been like, it's almost been like my mind's trying to catch up with my body. Like I'm pregnant and like this baby is coming and I'm, this is what we want. We want to grow our family. And at the same time, I just like, can't help but like worry about so many things. Like how is Wally going to adapt? How are we going to adapt? How are we going to find our new like routine? And I'm like, all of this worrying I just, this is the only reason I'm explaining this because I was literally thinking about this as I was getting dressed and like brushing my teeth this morning. I'm like, this worrying is not doing anything for me. It's not protecting me or the baby. It's not protecting my family. It's actually making me like, in like almost a worse mood about certain things that like is not helpful. So, and I don't believe in like toxic positivity, like it's all going to be great. But at the same time, like, I don't need to just like, worry about these unknowns yet. So I'm trying to let that go. Cause I truly am like, I'm so excited to see who this baby is. Like if it's a boy, it's a girl. If like, just, I know it's a big baby because the, the, uh, ultrasound tech told me the other week that it's measuring two full weeks ahead. But, um, I, I just, and I remember this too, from Wally, like I, I liked pregnancy, but I didn't feel like the full connection until I met him. And so I'm just, I'm so honestly excited for that moment um, and just just getting to know this and finding our new normal like it I think it's just been like I've been overwhelmed by the the idea of figuring it out when 
instead of like feeling that overwhelm, I can look at it like it's, it's happening no matter what, like we are going to figure it out. So let's like, not be like optimistic about it, but like, let's just like go in knowing like, this is what we want. This is like, this is what we've prayed for. And like, I'm, I, I know I am excited at the core of it all. And I just need to like, let some of those worries move on now. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) Thank you. I can't wait. Well, this Audrey has been so fun. (laughs) I loved it. Oh, good. I love. I, I, I feel like I just like unloaded my whole life as story uh, on everyone. So now you know. I me love that. Super well, I love when people unload their lives on me. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah, I'm like I always say I'm an open book. Like whatever, all of my past like decisions, choices. Let's and, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like let's let's go there. All right. Well, Audrey, like where can they find you? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, if you'd like to book a quickie copy session. No. <laughs> well, if you would, I mean, I actually don't have that the information on my website yet. My website oh, is yeah, you gotta do that. Com. I know. Well, okay, this is a whole other thing, but I'm probably gonna like redo my website while I'm on maternity leave because you know I won't have enough going on. But um, but you can book that. I have all the links and everything in my Instagram profile, which is at odd skeleton, which you can also follow me there. Um, and yeah, you can find me here on the podcast every week. Everything's copy. Everything's copy podcast. Love it. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on your own show, Audrey. Thanks for having me, Sue. This is so fun. You're so welcome. Okay, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening.